Hi, this is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas. Thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast today. I hope this resource blesses you. If you haven't joined us at a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we want you to come. You can find all that information and more at rin-church.org. I pray that you are encouraged today by the proclamation of God's word. Hey, thanks again for joining our live stream today. We are so glad that you've joined us. Welcome to Renaissance Church Online. And uh, wow, what a crazy, crazy time that we are living in right now, a historical time. Uh, and I know that we'll be uh, telling our grandchildren about this. It will probably be in our history books about the time that coronavirus hit, not just China or Italy, but it hit the globe and has hit us here right uh, in Richmond, Texas, Fort Bend County. We're seeing cases here. And so we're not gathering in person. Uh, we're gathering here online. And I'm so glad that you're with us. I, I wanna take a moment and just sort of uh, pray for our our cities, pray for our nation, pray for our globe. Uh, many people have been hit by this and uh, we know many have died. And so we wanna pray for this season. So why don't you just join me right there as you're at your screen and pray with me right now. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that you are faithful in the midst of every difficulty, every trial, every uh, season of our lives. And God, we know that you are faithful right now. God, we wanna pray in the mighty name of Jesus, the, the name that we just sang about that breaks every chain. God, we ask, Lord, that you would bring healing to the nations. Father, that people who are ill right now that, are, um, that have coronavirus, that they would just begin to get well. Father, we continue to pray for those who are working for solutions and vaccines and cures. And we ask, God, would you just give them an extra measure of your grace and mercy right now? Be with them, strengthen them. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So in the midst of the, um, the difficulty of this season, uh, I, I probably sense what you sense when you go out into public is that there's just an extra tension. Uh, when I went to the store this week to get some things, I just felt that edginess of people that were just in a little bit of a panic, a, a fear mode. And uh, in the midst of the difficulty and the hardship, I found some things that have just kind of made me smile and laugh a little bit. And so I thought I would share some of those in the midst of difficulty. Laughter is good medicine. And so I, I saw some things, I, I'll, I have some things to show you here. One was a Facebook post from a friend and she wrote this, good news, everyone. I now know how the company I bought the Ottoman for my daughter's nursery seven years ago is handling the coronavirus. And I laughed at that because if you're like me, your email inbox has been flooded with emails from every company that you never wanted to hear from again, but they're letting you know how they are handling coronavirus. So, hey, uh, great information there that's coming out everywhere. Uh, another thing that I saw that made me smile uh, was from the Babylon Bee. It says, Duggar family found in violation of ban on large gatherings. Uh, the famous family of 19 kids and counting 
And I just thought that was hilarious as we are in the midst of a ban on large gatherings. Also, I saw this. I thought of some of you who may be enjoying social distancing too much. It says, man glad science has finally affirmed his natural instinct to stay as far away from other people as possible. And uh, so those made me laugh. Hopefully that will lighten your heart today. And uh, in the midst of this difficult time, sometimes you need laughter. So I wanna share with you about uh, what coronavirus has meant for my family this morning. Um, Right now, my kids are out of school all day every day, probably just like your kids. If you have kids at home, you're feeling that as well. Uh, My wife, Casey, she works hourly at a school. So clearly she's not working right now because schools are closed, which uh, means she's home, which is fantastic. But it also means that she's not getting paid. And I know some of you are are dealing with that. You're facing uh, that income loss right now. Um, All of our extracurricular activities have been put on hold. So soccer practice, soccer games, all the things that we've been doing in the evenings and the weekends are canceled. And our church is now meeting here online. We're not meeting in a physical space. Our house churches that meet on Wednesday nights, they're not meeting in physical spaces. They're trying to connect in other ways, but it feels like our entire lives have been put on hold, that, that there's been a pause on our lives. And here's the thing. See, we're, we're a hardworking culture. We're people who like to work uh, here in Richmond, Houston. I think this is America, probably across the globe. People like to work. We're, we're hardworking. We're good at work. We're proud of the things that we get to do. Uh, our city grows because people move here for jobs, right? So we're, we're a hardworking culture and we're good at work. I think what we're not good at is not working. We're not good at resting. And so I, I have a word that's just kind of been burning in my heart right now for this season. It's a now word and it's about Sabbath rest, about Sabbath rest. We've been in a, a series as a church called 40 Days, as Jason mentioned before. And what this is, is kind of our, uh, our Lent series. And Lent is a season where we typically, we pick up spiritual practices. And so we're spotlighting spiritual practices. And this week, I wanna spotlight the spiritual practice of Sabbath rest. Uh, In our culture, there's this idea that busyness equals significance, right? All the people that we know that we think are important people or significant people, the thing that we notice about them is that they're busy, right? Their calendars are full, they they don't have much time, they're running from thing to thing to thing. And I wanna tell you, that's actually a lie that busyness does not equal significance and that you will miss this moment. Okay, please hear me. God has sovereignly allowed, he's allowed coronavirus disease 19 to put a pause on our lives. He's allowed this to happen and you will miss this moment if you don't understand biblical rest. You'll miss it and I don't want you to miss this moment. I think there's a reason that God has allowed us to do this and to put a pause on our business. So this morning or today, whatever time you're watching this, um, we are going to look together at Exodus chapter 20, verses eight through 11. And this is the fourth of the, of the 10 commandments, okay? This is God himself speaking. And I wanna read this uh, here. I think we have this on the screen for you as well. 
Exodus chapter 20, verse eight, it says this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock or the resident alien who is within your gates. Verse 11, for the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. This is the word of the Lord. So here we have the fourth commandment. Now I just wanna remind you that Sabbath rest was not a suggestion. This was one of the 10 commandments along with don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery, all these other things that we still think are important, that we still think are valid for our lives today. And the first point that I want you to understand is this, biblical rest is not laziness. It's not laziness. Now, some of you, when you hear me talk about Sabbath and rest, the first thing that comes into your mind is that's lazy, right? Those are people that don't like to work. They're looking for an excuse not to work. And so they're always talking about resting and pausing and Sabbath and all that kind of stuff. Because in your mind, you equate biblical rest to laziness. Or there might be another kind of person that's kind of like me that, uh, when it comes to rest, you have this running list in your mind constantly of all the things that you need to do. And so when it comes time for that day of rest, you can't stop. It's like this something inside of you that's always churning. And when you do rest, you feel guilty because something on the list doesn't get done. Here's what I want you to know. Biblical rest is not laziness. In fact, it's a command. God has commanded us to rest. He tells us this in verse nine. He says, you are to labor six days and then get this and do all your work, all of it. He wants us to do all of our work. He wants us to get all of our work done and he wants us to get it done in six days, six days. In, in the Western calendar, uh, we, we have a five-day work week, which is typically for most of us, Monday through Friday. And then we have, if you're like my family, Saturday is a day where it's not always restful. It's like we have chores and we have uh, kids things to go to. We have uh, the errands that we didn't get done during the week. And so we have all kinds of stuff happening and there's six days, but then there's a day and he calls it the Sabbath day. And he says that we are to keep it holy. Now that word holy means that it's set apart. It's consecrated, it's dedicated, it's, it's separate, it's different, it's special from all the other days of our week that there needs to be a day that's set apart. And that day is a day to the Lord, okay? It's, it's to the Lord, it's a special day. It's not laziness. This season that we're in right now, the Lent season, is uh, one of those seasons that begins, we, we began with an Ash Wednesday service. And when you impose the ashes on a person, you tell them uh, in certain, in certain uh, church traditions, you say, from dust you have come and to dust you will return. See, Lent is a season where we remember our humanity. 
We remember the fact that God created us and that we need rest, that he gave us a thing called a day and a thing called a night. And during the night we sleep. And he also created for us a special day where we rest, where people, just people, we're not superhumans, we're people that need rest. It's not lazy and people who never rest, get this, they become less effective in their work. It's the law of diminishing returns. So biblical rest is not laziness. The second thing that I really want you to get today is that biblical rest is a God reminder. It's a God reminder. If you look at verse 11, he says this, here's, here's kind of the, the why. He says, for the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the Sabbath day, on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. You see, this Sabbath rest is a God reminder of our creation order that God made all this stuff that we see and that we know and that we comprehend on planet earth and that he, in that creation order, he actually made us, right? So we're reminded that we are his people, that we're his creatures that have been created by him. This Sabbath rest reminds us that we belong to God, right? That, that he's the one who owns everything on the planet and that all of us at someday will stand before him whenever we pass from this life to the next, we'll stand before him because we belong to him. There's no other place you're gonna go. There's no other place or no other person that you're gonna stand before. You will stand before your father because you belong to him. Sabbath rest reminds us that God sustains us. This is so huge because I think in our, our busyness, in our hard work culture, there's something in us that's like, we always need more, more like I, I need to go finish this. I need to go make more money. I need to do this work. I have an opportunity over here and I'm always trying to get more. And in that a search for more, we can often forget it's God who is more that he's the one who sustains us. He's the giver of life. He's the one who, who gives us jobs. He's the one who provides for our families. It's, it's not my employer that's my source, right? It's not my abilities that's my source. It's God. God is my source. And it also reminds us, and in, in, in this is from Exodus chapter 31, where Moses talks again about Sabbath, Sabbath rest. He says, it reminds us that God is the one who sanctifies us. That when we rest from work, we remember that it's God who's done the work on our behalf that it's God who makes us holy. It's the, it's the God who forgives, the God of mercy, the God of grace, the God who showers and lavishes all these things on us, not because we earned it, but because it's his heart and it's his nature. So biblical rest is not laziness. Biblical rest is a God reminder, right? It, it's to remind us of him. And the last thing that I want you to see is gonna come out of Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, okay, Chris, this is Old Testament stuff. That's the law, right? That's the 10 commandments, but we're in the new covenant now. So what does this mean for us? Like how do we live out uh, Sabbath rest in this new Testament, new covenant age of grace that we're in? Well, I want you to see this. This is a famous passage on rest from Matthew 11, verse 28. This is the words of Jesus speaking. And here's what Jesus says. He says, come to me, 
all of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I just want you to remember something that Jesus is speaking to a Jewish audience. That's who he's talking to here. And these are Sabbath keeping people. These were people that knew the law. They knew all that Moses had commanded. And most of these people would be following the Sabbath regulations. But what had happened is that they had followed it in form. They had uh, all these laws built on laws, built on laws, built on laws, these layers over time that were built. And they had lost the heart of biblical rest. They... They, they knew the, the form of Sabbath, but they didn't know the Lord of the Sabbath. They didn't know Jesus. And so Jesus here is speaking to people who know the Sabbath, they know about rest. And right before this, if you were to read the section in your Bibles before this, you would see that Jesus is talking in the context of, of repentance, that he's been rebuking all the, the towns and places where he had taught and worked miracles and healed and done all the wonders and they refused to believe and repent. So he's talking about repentance. And then the other uh, piece of this context is that he's talking about childlikeness, that he says he thanks God, he praises God that he has hidden this from the wise and he's revealed it to what he calls infants or little children. So Jesus talking about rest to Sabbath keepers in the context of repentance and childlikeness. And what he says is this, there is a rest that only Jesus can give you. There's a kind of rest that only Jesus can give you. Some of you have been working so hard. And when you're not working, you're still working. It's like you're, you're working uh, in your relationships, you're working really hard. Some of you are just striving, like you've just been striving. It just feels like you're constantly striving. And I think God's calling you today to Sabbath rest, that he wants you to find rest for your soul, but you won't find it anywhere else but in Jesus. You know, um, this word in verse 29 that Jesus uses, he says, take my yoke upon you. And I know some of you are like, what in the world does that mean? Because when we think of yoke, we think of like IHOP breakfast, sunny side up. I want the yoke. I want to see the yoke. I'm the kind of person, if you make eggs for me, I love the runny yoke. I love that kind of thing. And so you're thinking, okay, I know of water baptism, but is there like some kind of weird egg baptism that I don't know about in this whole Christian faith thing? Well, that's not at all what he's talking about. In fact, I have an image that we want to show you of what a yoke is. A yoke was the this wooden piece that actually connected two oxen together. And those oxen would uh, pull a plow or they would pull a heavy load or a heavy cart. And so this yoke was something that would have been a common metaphor that they would have understood, a word picture they, that they understood. And they would know that that's what it was used for that to take a yoke upon them was to step into this, this thing that was like joining them together with another person in order to do the work. 
Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now think about that. How in the world could the plow or the heavy load get easier? The only way that could happen is if someone stronger is in the yoke with you. It's the only way. And here's what Jesus is offering you, what he's offering me when it comes to biblical rest. He says to us, would you step into the yoke with me? There are things that you've been working for, things that you're striving for, things you're pushing for, and you've tried to do it alone. In fact, you may be in a yoke right now that Jesus isn't in. He's not in that yoke with you. I was thinking this week of some other yokes that we could take up. One of those yokes could be the yoke of religion, right? We're just, we're just striving. We're trying to earn our way into God's grace, earn our way into his favor. And so we take up the yoke of religion and we do a lot of stuff, but we miss the heart, like the people that he's talking to here. There's a yoke of self-sufficiency, where we think, you know, I've got this. I, I've, you know, I, I can do this. I, I've got this, God. I'm, I, you know, I can handle this load. I can handle this work. And Jesus isn't in that with you. He's not into self-sufficiency. There's the yoke of pride. There's the yoke of people pleasing. There's the yoke of proving your worth and value as a human being by showing other people how good you are and how good at work you are and how intelligent you are, rather than receiving your worth and value as a human being based on what Jesus was willing to pay for you. There's the yoke of should. You ever felt that way? Well, I should, I should, I should, I should, I should. It's the yoke of should. There's the yoke of not praying, not listening, not waiting, not pressing into God to see what he would have you do. There's all kinds of yokes that we can step into and Jesus is not in them. And if he's not in the yoke, you will be weary and burdened. You will burn out. Your soul will dry up. <laughs> you will lose heart. Here's my third point. Biblical rest brings heart restoration. I don't want you to miss that. Biblical rest brings heart restoration. Sabbath keeping is a command, but it's for your good. Sabbath rest, this rest that Jesus is talking about is the kind of rest that actually restores your heart. Here's the words that Jesus uses right here. He says this, take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart, which means by the way, he's a great master and he's a great Lord. This metaphor in their time would mean that they were to subject themselves to another person. They were going to submit to this person. So to step in the yoke is to submit. I don't want you to miss that. He says, take, my yoke, take up my yoke and learn from me because I'm lowly and humble in heart. And then he says this, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, if you were to look at the Greek word for soul, it's the word psyche. It's where we get our word psyche. 
And what that would mean is it means heart. It's that, that um, the animating force inside of a person's being. It's who you are in the deepest parts of you. It's your heart. And he says, down deep in there, that's where you're going to find rest. If, if you will come into the yoke with me, if you will rest with me. Jesus wants to restore your heart. And don't miss the word rest inside the word restore. Jesus uses rest to restore us. And I just wanna remind you of how important your heart is. Your heart is the central place of faith. It's the seat of your deepest affections. It's the place of intimate, personal knowledge of God. You know God in your heart. It's the place where you and I hear God speak to us. It's in our hearts. Proverbs 23, four says, guard your heart above all else for it is the source of life. Some translations say that all the issues of your life spring out of your heart. Your heart is so important. It's important to you and it's important to Jesus. Scriptures also warn us that our hearts can become cold. They can become distant. That our hearts can become deadened, heavy, depressed, saddened, grieved, calloused, rebellious, adulterous, deceived, and more. Your heart is vital. You need heart. Friends, I wanna encourage you, I wanna invite you to step into the restoration of your heart by resting in Jesus. So this week, um, just like I have every week, I've been giving a challenge. And here's my challenge for you this week. This is, a, this is a practice of Sabbath rest. And this is obviously timely for us because many of us, our work's been hindered. Some of you have lost hours at your work. Some of you can't go to work right now. And so rest might be like on the forefront of your mind. And I want you to know that I really believe that God's in that. God is into this moment of you resting. And here's my challenge for you. First, pick one day out of seven, right? One out of seven on which you will not work. It's a day that's to be set apart. It's different. It's special from all the other days of the week. One day out of seven. And some of you are asking like, is it Sunday? Is Sunday Sabbath day? And traditionally, yes, for for many years in in the church history, Sunday has been the day of Sabbath. It's where we come together as a church body, where we're gathering like this online and we worship, we're encouraged, we grow. And it's a day of Sabbath. We rest together on Sundays. But some of you, Sunday's not the day for you. You, Your work week is different and there might need to be another day. And some of you might be wrestling with that. I wanna encourage you to read Romans 12. I'm sorry, Romans 14, one through 12. And I want you to just look at how Paul responds. The great apostle responds to a dispute about special days. I think it'll help you. So pick one day out of seven. The second thing I want you to do is commit that day to the Lord. 
You're like, what does that mean? Commit that day to the Lord. Simple, just make it very simple. I wanna encourage you to begin the day in prayer. That's it. Just say, God, today, I give you this day. I commit this day to you. It's a day of rest. And God, I ask that you would use everything today to restore my soul, to restore my heart, that this day would honor you. Very simple. Begin by prayer. Third, I want you to engage in things that restore your soul because we all have things that do not restore us. There are things that deplete us. Don't do that on your day of Sabbath. I want you to spend that day restoring your soul. If you have a a job that's incredibly physical job, your day of rest probably needs to be a day where you actually rest your physical body. Some of you may work a job where you're at a desk all day long. And when you're not at your desk, you wanna walk. Hey, that might restore your soul. Going outside, walking, running, doing something active with your family. It's a great, a great way to restore your soul. Some of you, you're introverts, right? And so you, you recharge alone. And so Sabbath needs to look like some alone time for you. Some of you are extroverts and like you just need people. And so Sabbath for you may look like I need to get some people around me on that day. Restore your soul. So pick one day out of seven on which you will not work. Commit that day to the Lord. Engage in things that restore your soul. Uh, This week, as I close, I, uh, I was cleaning out some space on my hard drive on my computer so that we could do this here today and stream this service and hopefully have everything work correctly. And so I'm going through all these files on my computer and it came across old videos of my children. Now my children are still in my home. Uh, I have one that's 11, one that's nine, one that's seven, but these were videos when they were much smaller and just seeing their faces, hearing them talk. It was just a beautiful moment as I looked back at that old video and I started thinking about seasons, that that was a season. I remember that season like it was yesterday. That was a special season, but that season's changed. It's, it's gone. And now I'm at a different season where I only have one of my children that can actually fit in my lap in like a, in sort of a not awkward way. So it's changed for me. And seasons come and they go without our permission. Right? We, we have no control over coronavirus coming and shutting down our lives. That's a season that just came and it came without our, our permission. But just as I was thinking about me and my children, how that was a, a special moment that I'm glad I didn't miss. I wanna encourage you, this is a moment. God's allowed it to come. Don't miss it. God's calling us to seize the moment and part of that needs to be rest. Sabbath rest, resting in God. Some of you have grown weary and burdened. You've been been working hard and I think God wants you to rest in him, to be restored. Some of you, you have just lost connection with your heart. 
You've just been busy, 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 and you don't even know what you feel about God. You don't know what you feel about other people. You've lost connection. I think that God wants to reconnect you to your heart, and he's gonna do that as you submit yourself to Sabbath rest. Some of you have just lost heart, right? Things have been hard for you. It's been difficult. The season's been really, really rough. And I think that God wants you to find your heart again, but it's not gonna come through more work. It's actually gonna come through pausing, stopping, and resting. Some of you, you've just grown cold, right? You're you're cold in your heart towards God. You might be angry at him. Some of you are are cold in your heart towards other people because you've just got some built up things inside of you. And I think God wants to call you into Sabbath rest and he wants to deal with those places. And as we do that, he will reignite our hearts. They will burn again. God wants that for you. Some of you have been asking deep questions about your purpose and your calling and God does have answers for you, but they're not going to come from busyness and hurry and churning and striving. They're actually gonna come through submitting ourselves to Sabbath rest, to wait, to sit, to listen. So wherever you are today, I believe God's calling you to rest in him. Pray with me right now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To contact us or find out more information, visit rin-church.org.